This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. The Canty and Carlin Podcast. think that question made Perk think. Impressive wait till detail. We ask you, wait till we get to a softball, a slow-pitch softball question later this hour. A would-you-rather type situation. Quite right a dilemma. Carlin, Quite a dilemma. ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. He's Jordan Renan. I'm Gabe Knight. So filling in for the guys today, ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. But we do need to talk about the NBA offseason and the draft that happened last night. And I don't know if it's because of the new CBA and teams are just going to be a little bit more conservative until they kind of figure things out and they want to hold on to their draft picks. There weren't any big moves, no big pieces on the move last night during the NBA draft for the most part. You had a little bit, you know, pick swaps here and there, teams maybe moving up a couple of spots, but teams for the most part holding on to those draft picks. The moves were made before the draft, the two big yeah, moves. You know, yeah, it was, two big ones uh, with 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 Chris Paul being traded over to the uh, the uh, Chris Paul being traded twice and now he's going to <laughs> end up with the one, yeah. <laughs> Golden State Warriors uh Kristaps Porzingis also on the move he is going to be joining the Boston Celtics but one player whose name continuously comes up this offseason is Damian Lillard and with the Blazers seemingly in a rebuild mode People are wondering if he's going to eventually ask out and say, hey, it's been great. I don't want to do this, but I also want to try to win a championship before my time in the NBA is done. He's going to be turning 33 years old. Who knows how many years he has left in the NBA. But maybe Portland decides they want to keep Damian Lillard. There is a team that was very interested in Scoot Henderson in the New Orleans Pelicans. If you put together a trade focused around Scoot Henderson for Zion Williamson. Would that make sense for Portland? And they try to make a run at a title with a young roster, but Zion and Damian trying to lead that young roster. I wouldn't do it if I were them. I just think that's not the direction. They're built to be good, you know, to build a good young team here and be good in two or three years, not try and force it. Because if you bring Zion Williamson... To Portland. First of all, does he want to go to Portland? Definitely debatable. We, we don't know the answer to that. You would have to ask Zion, and right now he seems to be busy with uh, you know some off-the-court off stuff going on. Yeah. So many wild rumors. Yeah, I mean, uh, so many. the uh, girlfriend, whatever she is, maybe she doesn't even know him. Who knows whatever's going on on, on Twitter, what's going on on Twitter the last few weeks. But the bottom line is if you make that kind of move, then you would have to sh- a total shift in philosophy if you're the Portland Trailblazers. Rather than build the young team, which looks like what they're doing right now, you know, with the likes of Shade and Sharp and Scoot and uh, Anthony Simmons and uh, Jeremy Grant, like that's what their team is with with Dame right now. You would have to start adding some veterans to that mix, right? And building. Okay, we got to fill out the roster and make this a team that is now jumping from one of the worst teams in the league to serious contender because you got like a 
Seriously, let's be generous and say three to four year window here with Dame Lillard. So to me, that doesn't seem like a likely move if you're the Portland Trailblazers. It's either like, okay, we try and go forward with Dame and help have him help build this next generation. Not, okay, let's get another star and try to get really good really quickly right now in what is a very difficult Western Conference. The West is so deep right now. The West is pretty old, too. And I don't know how much, you know, teams like the Warriors, teams like the Lakers, teams like the Clippers, who obviously all finished ahead of of Portland this year, I don't know how much time they have left being legitimate contenders in the Western Conference. More reason to say we'll get good in two or three years. That should be our goal. Exactly. And I, I just don't think that Zion Williamson with Dame and the rest of this roster is going to vault you into contention. It would make more sense for Portland to look at their roster and go, man, if we can get something for Dame right now, get some future assets that can help us in two, three, four years, that's when we can become good. Maybe we should look into that. Now, last night on SportsCenter, Woj told SVP that the Blazers are moving forward with the, saying they're excited about Damian and Scoot playing together in the same backcourt unless they hear differently. So they've firmly put the ball saying in all Damian the right Lillard's things. course. Yep, they, they've put it in his courts. But it would just seem better for Portland if they traded him away. Now, it's tough because he's It would be better somebody... for Damian Lillard if they yeah. traded him away. It's tough because Dame has declared his loyalty to Portland, and he doesn't want to go anywhere else. And I don't know if the Blazers are just trying to avoid being the bad guy and being the, the ones that trade him away, and they're forcing Damian to ask out. Do you think it would but... make him look hypocritical or any less loyal if he did leave no. at this point? No. I agree. No, and I, agree. and I understand. I, I think it's an admirable goal. I think it's an admirable goal to be one of the guys, one of the few ones like a Kobe Bryant, like a Dirk Nowitzki, to play for one team your entire career. I get that. But at the same time— It was easier time, for them because they were good. Yes. And and for, for Dirk, you know, he won that championship. So at the end, you know, if he, won, if he thought about ring chasing, it's like, oh, okay, I've already got the championship. I got the MVP. I can stay here. You know, for Dame, if he wants that championship and he wants that opportunity to be one of the stars of that championship, he's got to go. He's got to go out on his own at this point and and go to a different team. Miami makes the most sense, I think, sense. especially in the in the Eastern Conference. The but, Sixers would make a lot of sense if you pair him with Joel Embiid. I think you're mm-hmm. automatically a, a title contender right there with those two for sure. It it just doesn't make sense for Damian Lillard in Portland anymore, and I think. Hopefully, Trailblazers fans understand. I, I know it's 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 tough because you, you've grown to love the guy. He's been such a big part of the community out there. But I think it's just it, at this point, it's best for everyone to move on. Yeah, it, it, there reaches a point where it's best for everyone to move on. I was actually in Philadelphia covering the Eagles at the time, and first it happened with Donovan McNabb. Right, it was just time mm-hmm. to move on for everybody involved, and then Andy Reid. Right now, granted, this is a coach, a different situation, different sport, but it was Andy Reid. Everybody knew Andy Reid was a great coach, right? But mm-hmm. it, things had just gotten stale, and it had gotten to the point in Philadelphia where he needed to move on for his own benefit. The organization needed to move on for their benefit, and I think that's kind of the crossroads you're at here with the Portland Trailblazers, and they're in a similar boat of saying, for the benefit of the franchise, we need to move forward and get young and have that goal to be good in that two- to three-year window. That doesn't fit Damian Lillard's window. So it's best for him 
and the organization right now. And Nick, Nick Friedel said, this is the crossroads. This is the point where he has to make the final decision, right? When he's still in his prime, when he still has these big years left. And I don't think it would have this big negative effect on his legacy in Portland or what he did in Portland or what he means to that franchise or that organization. Because the likelihood is winning a title's probably not going to happen for him in Portland. Triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six is the number. The CC call in line to join the conversation. And if if what on my screen is correct, this is um, really interesting. This is an interesting proposal from Billy in Tennessee. Billy, you're on ESPN Radio. Uh, what is your hey, idea? Thanks. Uh, hey, thanks for having me. Uh, I know it's crazy. I know it's crazy. Uh, but look, I, I'm, I'm a lifelong Grizzlies fan. I love for us to get to the finals. I don't even care if we win. Just get there. And <laughs> I know it's crazy, but trade Ja for Damian Lillard now. Well, I think wait, I think we do we just hang up on him. Ja for Damian Lillard was the idea from Billy um Billy from Tennessee. I think he had to get dumped. He, <laughs> I think, so. I think that's how for, that went. For that for that idea, he had to be he had to be dumped off <laughs> of the uh off of off of the show because yes, that is a crazy idea. Uh, an absolutely insane idea. As uh, Jonathan Giveney joins us, ESPN NBA draft analyst here on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. He's Jordan Radon. I'm Gabe Neitzel. Um, Jonathan, what do, what do you think of that idea? John Morant, Damian Lillard, who says no? Oh, trading them for each other? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, was, that was just probably, the caller's wild I idea. I think Portland, I don't know. You know, I mean, I think they probably want to learn more about where his mental state is right now and... Um, Interesting, interesting concept, but um, yeah, I think both sides would kind of have a hard time, to be honest with you, looking at that. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, let's look at the draft, right? Last night, obviously, Victor Wimbanyana, he was the big prize. Um, is there anything else that stood out to you when you sit there and look back and say, wow, this move I think really is going to work out long term for this player and team? There's a lot of them, actually. You know, I, I really liked uh, the draft that uh, that Portland had. You know, just Scoot Henderson at three, um, Chris Murray at 23, Ryan Rupert at, at 43. I think that's, that's a good draft. It addresses a couple of needs for them, gives them, a, you know, an experienced player in Murray, an All-American, and it gives them two guys with, with big-time upside in, in Henderson and Rupert. Uh, and so I, I, I thought that uh, Portland had had, an, had a good night, and um, you know if they can keep this thing together, I mean they're 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 kind of poised to have a pretty interesting summer here. Jonathan Giovanni joining us here on ESPN Radio, ESPN NBA Draft Analyst, Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel eighty. He's Jordan Renan. I'm Gabe Neitzel, filling in for the guys, Jonathan. The one thing that both Jordan and I noticed from last night: lack of big moves. Now the big moves happened before. But is a part of teams not really trading last night, part of the new CBA, and until they really figure that out, teams are going to want to hold on to their draft picks because they are cheaper, more controllable assets? 
Yeah, I think that's a great point, and I think that the value of, of first and second round picks is, is only going to escalate in the coming years with the new collective bargaining agreement, with the you know the luxury tax and the, and and the, the first and second aprons. It, it just makes it very important for you to draft well, develop your own players, keep them on cost controlled contracts, and and not, you know, bump up into into the luxury tax because it gets so punitive and, and it really makes it difficult for you to add players later. I mean, they just did. The new collective bar agreement has really restricted the way that teams like the Warriors um, can operate, like the Lakers, uh, the Heat. And so it's just, it's just so hard for those type of teams to – to, 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 to trade away those first-round assets as they're looking to position themselves. You look at, like, the Hawks. I mean, they really needed – their luxury tax situation is very difficult once you start getting into the extensions that they're going to have to offer guys like Sadiq Bey, Anyeka, Kongwu, DeJounte Murray. And so, you know, one of the ways people thought they could, you know, maybe move things around is, you know, by trading Clint Capella, trading John Collins – um, trading DeAndre Hunter, but you know teams aren't going to take on those contracts without draft compensation, and that's where a lot of these deals seem to fall apart. So, yeah, I was a little bit surprised by the lack of movement around the NBA, but you know it makes sense when you consider the fact that you know these teams really fall in love with their draft picks. They go through this really long pre-draft process. They do you know tons of workouts every single day. They fly around the country to watch these players all year, and you know it feels good to make a pick. You know to take a swing on a young guy and kind of put your imprint on the roster and say, well, all the work that we did all year, our our scouting department, our front office, let's see how it you know how it can pan out, and you know maybe we can be the ones to to find the Giannis out of Tacumba at 15 or Nikola Jokic at 41, and so that's what makes it hard to to trade these draft picks when. You know, you're looking at, you know, just improving your luxury tax situation. There's nothing attractive about that, especially it's hard to sell that to your fan base. So, but, you know, the chickens are going to come home to roost at some point and, and teams are going to have to live with these big contracts that they gave these players. And so I think it'll still come to a head this summer probably. And, you know, we'll, we'll see some movement. It just wasn't going to be last night. Speaking of new landscape of the NBA, all right, three of the top five picks – I guess we're uh, G League players. How do you envision these guys coming from the G League and the sort of uh, assimilation into the NBA? I, do you think it's going to be they're going to be more prepared ultimately than college players? Like, how, how do you think that's going to work long term with more of these players coming from the G League? So it's it's well, just Scoot Henderson came from the G League. The Thompson twins came from Overtime okay. Elite, and then Victor Wembanyama came from France. France so it's right. you know it's really pretty historic draft for being just one college player drafted in the top five. And you look at in the seventh pick, it was Bilal Koulibaly. So it really was a run on non-college players. I think we're going to see more and more of this uh, in, in the coming years because players just have so many more options at their disposal, and you know there are some advantages to to. Being a full-time professional, waking up every day, and you know having only one thing on your mind is getting better as a basketball player. You know, as opposed to going to class, you know, managing your schedule, all that. I mean, there's benefits to that too. I think in you know having to jump through those hoops and learning how to become an adult. You know, but it's just it's just not for everybody. And so I think it's great that players have all these options. I don't think that you're going to see 
some guys more or less prepared. I mean, a guy like Scoot Henderson, I mean, he's spent the last two years playing against grown men, you know, with NBA rules and, you know, the type of training that he got. You know, I mean, you look at, like, their uh, coaching staff. I mean, the trainers, uh, like, it's an army of people that he's surrounded with all day. And, and it's the same thing in college, and it's the same time in over, same thing in overtime elite. I mean, that's how these programs are able to reel in top players. So, I don't. I don't think they're going to be any more or less prepared. It's just you know, it's going to be. It's just different. You know, it just puts a lot more stress on on NBA teams to travel around the globe and you know attend all these different games. I mean, in the past you could go to you know Duke practice, North Carolina, Kansas, Kentucky, um, UCLA, a handful of other schools, and you get eighty percent of your work done you know, in a week. Right. And it just that's just not the case anymore, especially coming next year. I mean, we we see. I think um, six of the top 25 guys are either going to be at Overtime Elite or in the Australian NBL. And so it's, this is going to be a trend, um, you know, year after year. Jonathan Giovoni, ESPN NBA draft analyst, joining us. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Gabe Nigel, Jordan Renan in for the guys today. What are realistic expectations for Victor Wembanyama as a rookie? I think it's realistic to expect him to compete to make an all-star game and, and, and try and help the Spurs contend for the playoffs, you know, at least like the play-in game. A lot of that is going to depend on how many games he ends up playing. I mean, this has been a crazy long season for Victor. I mean, he played 62 games. He didn't sit out a single contest. He's going straight into summer league now. Then he's got the FIBA World Cup, you know, with the French national team. Then he's got training camp and an 82-game season. So I think the Spurs are going to have to be a little bit strategic with, you know, how many games he plays. I mean, they might have to look at, you know, does he need to play in every back-to-back? And if there's, a, you know, four games in, in, in five days, does he need, how many of those games should he play in? How do we manage his, his practice schedule? And so – I mean, because the number one thing with Victor is you want to keep him healthy long term, and so I, I would. I think if if he let's say plays fifty five, sixty games, that's probably going to be tough. You know, like both. You know, in terms of um, you know making the playoffs or you know even being you know being an all star, which I think he can. But in terms of like talent, uh, there's nothing holding him back from you know being one of the best players in the NBA very early on in his career. Load, man, load management for a player that young, that boy with that <laughs> tick off NBA fans. Oh my goodness, you're the world. The NBA world's going to explode if that's the way this is going to go. Uh, let me finish with this though. Cam Whitmore, right? He's a player we heard about. A lot of people expected him to go earlier than he did. What did you make of him going 20th in this draft to the Rockets? Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. I was a little bit surprised. Um, you know, I, I had spoken to teams in the lead up to the draft, and I, I did hear some concerns about his medical, especially now there was some, you know, some cartilage in his knee potentially being an issue long term, you know, down the road. You know, several teams I talked to said, you know, it's not a deal breaker for us, but it's not ideal. And I think, you know, as teams studied him, they saw the season he had at Villanova, the lack of production, you know, the, the average ball handling, passing feel for the game, and the fact that he just didn't bring it every night, uh, you know, from a competitive standpoint, in terms of his intensity defensively, they brought him into workouts, they brought him into interviews, he wasn't able to sufficiently answer the questions they had about those things. They put him in a workout and they said, you know, he's kind of going half speed right now, the same way that we saw at Villanova. And, you know, for a guy, we love his body, we love the athleticism, we love the shot-making ability, we love the fact that he's 18 years old with that kind of talent, but how long of a project is this going to be? And, you know, like, does he have what it takes to reach his full potential? Mm. And, you you know, you start to slip outside of the top ten, and now you're looking at a group of teams that never got you in their building. They never worked you out. They never really even, like, talked about you that seriously because they were surprised to see you sitting there on the board. And now they're scrambling, oh, do we have his medical? And what's what does the intel say? And all that. And so – and that's how you start – you start slipping and you get to the point where you're, you know, you're at 20 and that's where this is a team with a second first round pick in Houston. They had worked him out. Ken Whitmore was based in Houston for a big part of the pre-draft process. So they got eyes on him. They had him in their facility. They said he had a great workout there and their doctors were comfortable with him and they, they pulled the trigger on it. And I think it's a very smart pick. I think that's a little bit of an exaggeration for him to have fallen, you know, all the way to 20th. Jonathan, we appreciate the time, especially after what's been a very busy season for you. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it, man. That is Jonathan Giovanni joining us, uh, ESPN NBA draft analyst here on Canty and Carlin. Coming up next, we're going to play a little game. Respect it or check it. That's next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio in the ESPN app. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Round out your protection with life, phone, and pet health insurance. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Gabe Nigel, Jordan Renan filling in for the guys today. It's time we bring in our producer, Eric Handman, as he's going to help us play a little game of respect it or check it. All right, guys, let's uh, go around and make some comments here on respect it or check it that you're going to tell me whether you respect the take or you're going to check the take, meaning that you disagree with this. So we're going to start with a ring with the Golden State Warriors makes little difference to Chris Paul's legacy. So, Gabe, respect it or check it. I respect that 100%. His nickname is the Point God. Like, he's going to be more known for being able to, you know, be one of the best point guards of a generation, one of the best point guards of all time in NBA history. If he ends up winning a championship coming off the bench for the Golden State Warriors, that's great for him. He gets the championship ring. I'm sure that's a goal of his. In terms of his overall legacy, I don't feel it makes that big of a difference. Nah, nah. Check it, man. You got to check that. It's a big difference. I'm going to relate it to you know a different sport. Obviously, the sport I cover, the NFL – John Elway won two Super Bowls when he was a passenger, right? He wasn't John Elway anymore. It was the end of his career, Terrell yeah, Davis. He was still the starting quarterback, though. It doesn't matter. He's viewed differently because he won those two titles. Like, completely differently because he won those two titles. And he wasn't the great a great player anymore at that point. He wasn't the great player that he was previously. It makes a difference. People don't care at the end of your career, 10 years down the line, if they say, oh, he has a championship, but he won it in his you know, his final year or two in the NBA. Nobody will care about that. They'll say, Chris Paul had this, Chris Paul had this great career, and he won a championship. And also, let's be fair, Gabe, the label that's on him now that he's a choke artist and you can't, basically he can't win and make big plays in big spots, that'll disappear. All right, good start with uh, disagreeing on the first one. Let's see if you agree on this one, fellas. Christos Porzingis, of course, involved in this three-team deal earlier this week where he is now a Boston Celtic and Marcus Smart is now a Memphis Grizzly. Christos Porzingis will make a bigger impact with Boston than Marcus Smart will in Memphis. Jordan, respect it or check it? Uh, Check it. Again, I'm not a big fan of this Porzingis trade. I think they're going to miss Marcus Smart's defensive ability they're basically uh, sacrificing defense for offense here, in my opinion. I know Porzingis blocks a lot of shots, but he's not an especially tough player. That's not his specialty. Uh, the Marcus Smart is going to be missed greatly in Boston. I don't like this move. I don't think it puts them over the top. I think that they're going in the wrong direction because that was a strength of the team defense. And it's not like... The Celtics needed size. They're a pretty big team already. So to me, no. Marcus Smart's going to make the bigger impact than Christos Porzingis in the end, at the end of the day. I, I, I'm, I'm going to respect this check, this this take, because I think Porzingis, I, I think I know what his role is going to be. I know how he fits into everything that Boston wants to do. I'm not quite sure how Marcus Smart's going to fit in with Memphis. Yeah, he played the point guard for the the Celtics. He's going to have to be an off guard. For and, and defensively, you know he can hold his own, but he's going to have to be an off guard for 
the the Memphis Grizzlies once John Morant comes back is he going to be coming off the bench? His shooting has improved a little bit, but he's not somebody that Jaw's going to be penetrating to you know penetrating. Then he kicks it into the corner to find Marcus Smart open for a three. I don't think that's going to be a big part of Memphis's game plan offensively. I still want to see how Marcus Smart fits in with Memphis. At least I can see what the role is going to be with Porzingis in Boston. I agree with you that I wouldn't have made this move if I'm Boston, but as far as how they're going to you know impact their new respective teams, I think Porzingis ends up having more of an impact in Boston than Smart does in Memphis. All right. Of course, last night was the NBA draft right here on ESPN Radio, and no surprise, Victor Weminyama goes number one to the San Antonio Spurs. Guys, Greg Popovich will be the Spurs head coach when Victor Weminyama makes his first all-NBA team. Respect it or check it. Gabe, start with you. Uh, I am... (sighs) I'm going to check it. I think Vector Wembenyama is going to be a first-team All-NBA player eventually. I just don't know if he's going to be able to do it in his first two or three years. I think he still needs to gain a lot of size. I think there's a ton of potential there. But once he can send, start to bulk out a little bit more and you see some more of the defensive um, strengths that he may have as he continues to get older, continues to get stronger, I don't know if Popovich is going to end up being in in San Antonio with the Spurs for the long haul. He's 74 years old. I don't know how much more he has to give to the game. We'll see how much more he wants to give to the game, but I am going to check it. I don't think Pop is going to be around when Wembenyama makes that first All-NBA team. I'm going to respect it. I'm going to say he will be around when he makes the first All-NBA team, but I'm going to put this disclaimer on it. I don't think he'll be there when they ultimately you know, start winning and have like this uh, great success. The, the, the pinnacle of... The Victor Wembanyama era, Greg Popovich won't be around for by that point. Like when they actually compete for a title, they'll probably be past Greg Popovich's time. But he's not leaving in the next few years. If he was, he wouldn't have been around right now, right? But to start this era. So you're looking at, okay, he's going to have at least three or four years here. I think in the next three or four years, Victor Wembanyama can make an All-NBA team. All right, one more, fellas. Uh, earlier on NFL Live, Rob Ninkovich had this to say. Last year was a, it was a fiasco. It was a debacle. They didn't do anything offensively. You bring in Billy O for a reason, right? You know he's going to have a great offensive mindset, and they're going to utilize exactly what Mac Jones can offer this team. So I think the Patriots and, and Bill Belichick, they're in a great spot right now. Everyone thinks they're going to finish last in the division. Everyone thinks they're not going to be competitive. Bill Belichick loves this type of moment where he can stand in front of the team and say, listen, nobody is counting us in anything, in any aspect. So, Jordan, do you respect or check the oh, former Patriots easy. take about, about respect? I'm on this bandwagon. I think the Patriots are going to surprise people. They're not a bad team. They weren't terrible last year. Their offense obviously was a problem. Their defense is seriously good. Go look at go look at any numbers. Go watch any game. They have a legit defense. I think the Patriots can surprise a lot of people. And we talked to Damian Woody earlier. I'm of the belief that there's a really good chance, and I've talked to people about this, that DeAndre Hopkins ends up there. I think that can help this team. That'll help Mac Jones greatly. I think the Patriots, I know the division is really hard. That's the only thing that gives me hesitation. Yeah, but so what, what, what but qualifies to surprising going to, people? They're going to make, I, I think they're going to be a playoff team. Okay. 
I, I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. Like, they could be really good and still finish eighth or ninth. The, the, the AFC is so incredibly deep, it's outrageous. That division is so incredibly deep, it's outrageous. I don't think they can do it. They have a chance if DeAndre Hopkins ends up there. They need another offensive weapon for Mac Jones. It's certainly going to help, I agree, to actually have, oh, it turns out having an offensive coordinator with a direction to take your young quarterback in an offense, turns out that's a good idea. So having Bill O'Brien there certainly is a good thing, but it is just such a deep conference right now. I'm, I'm going to check it. Just because even if the Patriots are really good, I don't know what surprising people means. Now, if you think they're a playoff team, sure. I don't think they end up being a playoff team because of how good the AFC is. Is that an even split by you guys? You disagreed on all four? It should be known. We did did not discuss these and pre-plan them beforehand. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) We did disagree. This is genuine. I think that's organic. This is real. I think that's a, a, a testament. We disagree on everything. A testament to the, the questions, though, I think, that you know they make you critically think. If you want to make yourself feel good, yes. I think I do. All the I questions. It was all the questions. <laughs> yes, yes. Pat yourself on the back, Eric. Certainly all the questions helping out respect killed it. today. You crushed it. Coming up next, an announcement earlier on ESPN Radio that you may have missed. We'll get to that. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, along with Jordan Renan. I'm Gabe Neitzel, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can also tune in to an interleague battle Sunday. Dodgers host the Astros. Coverage of Sunday Night Baseball begins at 6 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, and at 7 p.m. on ESPN. One of my favorite parts of being able to fill in on shows like this on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, I get we get a behind-the-scenes look and get to know some of the producers. And one of my favorite things is Eric Hanman, who's producing today's show, has been giving me updates on an ESPN, more or less just like an intramural league, softball league, slow-pitch softball league that they have at ESPN. And there's an ESPN radio team, and there was some unfortunate news that came out of this league because earlier today on Greeny, uh, you may know him as Outsider Mike. Maybe you've heard him referred to as Mikey C. If you listen to uh, Darian Mel on the weekends and he gives his $2 bet picks. Well, uh, Mikey C. earlier today on Greeny, he pondered retirement from the ESPN Radio softball team. Uh, official word press conference are forthcoming, but here's what Mikey had to say about his potential retirement earlier today. I've been talking with my camp a lot lately, and we, we had a game yesterday, and basically, to put it bluntly, I can't field anymore, I can't hit, I can't run. I'm like a 5-2 list player right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'm announcing that there will be an announcement coming shortly regarding my retirement status from ESPN Softball. 
so, Eric, you were there. You were present for the game that happened, was it last night, earlier this week? I mean, how bad Yesterday was it? Yesterday morning. What yeah. spurred this kind of reaction? Um, Mikey, look, he, he was week to week with a back injury, so th- there is some injury in here that is coming into the, the conversation. But we were playing a good team. Let's, let's be honest. They, they were undefeated. They still are. We lost both games, unfortunately. But Mikey did ground into three different double plays. No. What? Three different double plays. Is that yeah. even possible? In softball? I mean, what? as Joe Torre once said, um, you know, when he grounded into four double plays in one game, it, it, thanks to... Yeah, but I that's forgot. Major League Baseball. I know, but <laughs> someone had to be on first this base, is right? The bases, the bases are, like, next to each other. <laughs> I think it was still 90 feet. Uh, they were a good team, man. They knew how to turn turn the, the double play, but three of them. Three of them. Wow. Uh, it, yeah, I think that's good reason to retire, by the way. It is. So he said there's an announcement about Not the announcement. To, has has an enough second announcement been scheduled yet? He hasn't officially confirmed it. The papers aren't in. He could still come back. Uh, I will also say that there was some shoddy defense at second base, uh, a few booted balls as well from Mikey Oof. C. Oof. So That's a tough, uh, night. tough night. As the yeah. captain, I would love to say, see him stay on the team for moral support, but... In terms of winning, yeah, you're saying you want him as a cheerleader. <laughs> that's, that's a slap in the face. Let's, yes, let's be honest. It's not a compliment. Is. So let Certainly me just say this. I feel where Mikey C is coming from because I actually returned to, I play a pickup basketball game every week. I returned after the football season this year. Okay. And the game has gotten younger and really good. And I left after like the first two times and I was like, wow. I might be the worst player out here. And I told myself, if I'm the worst player on the court, that's when I'm going to retire. So I feel like Mikey C has reached that point where he's looking around. He's saying, I'm the worst player on the field. It, that's, that's the sign for me that I should stop playing. Now, I'm close. I haven't stopped playing. There's like one or two people that are still, I believe, worse than me. boy. But when that happens, I think I'm going to do the same as Mikey C. I'm going to be like, I'm out. That's it. It's over. What's worse, what guys? Think, yeah, yeah, what, what is what do worse? You think's worse? Striking out or grounding into a double play in softball, intramural softball? Double play to me because it means you just can't move and you're you, like, you shouldn't yeah. ground into a double play. Unless you like rip the ball right at somebody, you should be able to outrun the second part of the, the second double play. throw. The relay yeah. throw, yeah. You shouldn't. You should. in, unless you tear your hamstring. Which I have seen happen in slow pitch softball before, when somebody grounded hit hit a ground ball and then tried to leg it out to first base. Unless something happens injury wise, you should never ground into a double play Agreed. in softball. Should now, never now striking out is bad. I mean, it's really it's bad, bad. It's especially in slow pitch softball. That's really embarrassing. embarrassing. But I think it's a it's it's even worse reflection on you that you can't outrun a double play. Yeah, you can't leg it out. You can't You can't just show that little bit of hustle to get you down that first baseline. Coming up next, who should make a move for Dame Lillard? It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.